Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Today's topic is how you can unleash your miraculous abilities by removing limiting beliefs about yourself. We have limiting beliefs about ourselves through our upbringing, through society, and through programming. And there are ways to get rid of it. And one way is through neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP. My guest, Art Geyser, is the founder and director of what is called Energetic NLP, which merges NLP and energy healing. So you're going to learn all about what neuro-linguistic programming is and how it can help you get rid of these beliefs about yourself so you can live your best life. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Golf Tours. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. Hi, I'm Don Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Art Geyser. Art is an intuitive, a healer, an NLP trainer, and an executive coach. Hi, Art. How are you doing? Hi. Great to be here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm great. It's a beautiful morning here, so I'm really happy. <laughs> Yay. So you have 30 years of experience in neurolinguistic programming, and we'll find out what that is in a couple minutes, and healing. And you were also a researcher for 11 years. Maybe describe what research you did for that period of time. The University of California Medical School in San Francisco, it's actually one of the top research medical schools in the world. And I managed a research lab there for 11 years. We were studying the effects of estrogen and progesterone on the tissues in a woman's body. So it was oh, wow. fascinating work. Yeah. And then you got into neurolinguistic programming. So for the people out there who don't know what that is, what is neurolinguistic programming, NLP? Well, NLP, again, neurolinguistic programming, which is a mouthful of a name, but yes. it was started years ago. You know, traditional psychotherapy said that therapy had to take years, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years. There's an old Woody Allen movie where he's talking to his girlfriend and he goes, I've only been in therapy 12 years. <laughs> and a lot of good was accomplished in that. But the people who started NLP went, well, we know of five or six therapists who get magical results with people, really rapidly, deep, lifelong results. So they began to study them and, and like, what were they doing? What were they doing consciously? What was their unconscious competencies that they didn't even think to tell anybody because it was so natural for them? And they put together everything they learned, and that created the beginning of NLP. And NLP is really about people's inner world, their subjective experience. So if you wanted to go learn how to snowboard, you could have a coach who would teach you how to move your body. An NLP person would teach you how to think like a great snowboarder. And it went rapidly from being 
only therapeutic to being also how do you transfer skills? So for instance, even early on in the 80s, I remember working with a, a woman who was a great businesswoman. She couldn't do math. And she goes, I'm smarter than most of the men I know. Why can't I do math? <laughs> and she went, I'm not bragging. I go, no, I can tell. But she didn't know how to think mathematically. And once I taught her that, she went like, oh, well, that would be easy. And now she would still have to go do the work. Right. So for any kind of human skill, whether it's personal relationships, whether it's finding and developing love, whether it's health, whether it's success in business or abundance, there's ways of thinking consciously and unconsciously. And that's the domain of NLP. And it's a very, very, very powerful methodology. Interesting. And now, can you give any insight on how it's done? Or is that a little bit hard to explain on the podcast? I've heard a little bit about it. I have a friend who went to a little bit of a training in it, but I'm not too familiar with how it's done. And, and I have to give people a caveat, like any field, the trainings in NLP, and I, I don't know anything about your friend's training. Right, right. Some of them are fantastic. And some of them are like, Hi, in five days, we're going to teach you everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But in NLP, the reason it's neuro-linguistic programming, one of the people who founded it was a, a linguist. So we're looking at people's body language, their words, the relationships they talk about. They're revealing the way their inner world is structured, what they talk about, what they don't, the relationships between it, their eye movements, how they move their body. And we also do a lot in NLP about how to communicate with the unconscious mind. And those are very, very powerful processes. And then there's something in NLP that I don't think anything else has. And it's called submodalities. And it's the secret coding system of the mind. So right now, if I ask you to think about something you were absolutely sure was true, and then I, if I ask you to think about something that you were doubtful of, if you actually, if somebody guided you, you would realize if you're visualizing it, there'd be different qualities to the image. It's a lot like, even if you and I were 100 yards apart, if I held up a soda bottle and a wine bottle, you would know, okay, Art's holding a wine bottle and a soda bottle. You wouldn't know what was in them. But the shape of the bottle is a communication, is a code. Well, in the same way in your brain, where you put mental images, whether the color, black and white moving, there's all different qualities of them are actually a coding system. And that also works for somebody's internal dialogue and the body sensations. And so in NLP, you can often have somebody take a limiting belief and teach them how to take it apart often in minutes because you use this coding system. You can help them strengthen. The first time I learned about it, I was studying NLP, but we hadn't learned this yet. And I read about it in a book by Richard Bandler called Using Your Brain for a Change. And I went to my study group and I went, I just read about this new NLP technique and I think I understand how it works. And we went around and in an hour, each one of us changed a deep limiting belief. Like one woman was pregnant and her mother had hurt her neck when she delivered my friend. And she believed during labor, she was going to hurt herself. Right. And 10 minutes later, she didn't believe it anymore. Other people had beliefs about worthiness and stuff. So there's a lot of magic you could do with NLP. And like anything else, it has its limitations. And I discovered through the energy and spiritual work, you could do miraculous things and they had their limitations. So back in the 80s, I started going, switching back and forth with people between NLP, spiritual work, intuitive work, psychic work, healing work. And I discovered that when you put them together in a certain way, it was like one plus one equaled a million. Right. And that was like the birth of energetic NLP. Okay, so what is energetic NLP that you created? Energetic NLP is a unique blend of spiritual principles, intuition development, psychic development, healing energy work, transformative energy work with NLP. So early on when I was learning healing work, 
some people, you give them this amazing healing and you can see the shift in their energy, but then they take it apart. Within a day or two, or maybe a week, they take apart the healing and go back the way they were. Or other people, it was like there was a wall around them. And even though consciously they're going, I want this, it was like a force field around them. And often that's coming from energetic programming. It can also be coming from unconscious beliefs or conscious beliefs. So when I would encounter that, I'd switch to more NLP mode, work on those beliefs with them. Then when I go back to the healing, the healing would go to a whole different level. So like that's one example. So they have different strengths and weaknesses, and together they're phenomenal. Nice. Now, as far as the intuitive gifts and psychic abilities, when did you notice that you had these gifts? Well, let me first say that there's this myth out there that some people, and I'm not saying you believe it, there's this myth out there that some people have the gifts and the rest of you poor people don't. I agree. Yeah. And I know you know that. Yes. I was going to ask that as well. Yeah. It's a natural human ability. Everybody can do it. We were programmed to turn it off. Right. Okay. When did you discover, like you were saying, a lot of people have it, or probably all of us do, but we just turned it off. How did you find a way to turn it on? Well, in retrospect, I realized I had it like, I think I was about four years old. I was attacked by a neighbor's dog, ended up having to get rabies shots and stuff. And this policeman was interviewing me. And I remember I knew nothing I said was going to convince him that I hadn't been teasing the dog, which I hadn't. And and that's what was so weird about it. It was a dog that was, I knew real well, and it just attacked me out of nowhere. And I remember looking at him, the thought just came in my head, there's nothing I can say that's going to get him to believe me. At the time, I didn't go, oh, this is psychic, but I look back on it. And then, like everybody, there were different events in my life. I remember one time the doorbell ringing and I knew who it was, what they wanted to say. And it was somebody who never rung the doorbell before. But I really knew it was real when I went to college, or if anybody listens from the UK, when I went to university, I went to UC Santa Cruz and we were up in the hills. I didn't have a car and it literally rained 60 inches of rain that year. And I'm from LA. And everybody in the dorm was going nuts. And most of us didn't have cars and there weren't buses and different things were going on. And for the first time in my life, kind of upset and depressed. That wasn't normal for me. And all of a sudden, you know how like when you go to a reading room at a library at a college, you're either studying or you're checking out the other young people, you know? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I remember. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like study, cute, study, you know. (laughs) If somebody started looking at me, it'd be like, just like when the doctor hits your knee and your leg moves, I'd be studying and all of a sudden my head would go, (laughs) and when my head would stop, I'd be staring in somebody's eyes and they would jump because they didn't have time to move. And I I had to stop studying in those rooms because it was freaking people out and freaking me out. And so it was clear to me, like, this has to be psychic because these would be people behind me, (laughs) you know? So there was no peripheral vision. Oh, wow. And none of the normal explanation. I mean, somebody could be sitting directly behind me and all of a sudden my head would spin and my body would spin and I'd be staring in their eyes. Oh, wow. But I didn't like it. I knew it was psychic and I'd always believed that stuff was real, but that's when I knew, oh my God, it's absolutely real. So I worked real hard on turning it off, which was probably a good idea at the time. I, I wouldn't have known how to handle it. Right. It wasn't really till I was in my early 30s when I started studying NLP. The people I was studying NLP with, it was in Marin County, north of San Francisco. So there were a fair number of people into alternative things. And this woman went, oh, there's a psychic in town, Lynn Martin and his wife, Stacy, and they're amazing. And we're just having people over the house to have fun. And great, I'll come. And everybody's sitting in a circle. And I got there late. Lynn's a man. He didn't see me, didn't hear me talk, had no interaction with me. I just joined the circle. And everybody got to ask him a question. 
And when they'd ask him questions, he'd give them an answer. And a lot of times the answer didn't seem like a big deal to me, but they would like, their body would like, you know, so I could tell like whatever he was saying was extremely meaningful to them. But if they asked for like a decision question, he would refuse to answer. He'd go, you have free will. It's not for me to tell you what to do. So when he gets to me, sometimes I'm a slow learner and I, I went, well, I'm studying NLP and I'm not sure what to do with it. Do I want to be a trainer or have a private practice or take it into corporations and da, da, da. So he gives his usual, well, you have free will and it's not for me to tell you. And I'm thinking, damn. And then he goes, but there's something else. And he proceeds to tell me my greatest fear that I had never mentioned to anybody ever. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And then he goes, and if you knew me, it wouldn't have been at all obvious. And then he goes, you don't have to worry about that. And I felt like this weight come off my body. So he was teaching a workshop the next week and I cleared the decks, took his workshop and by the end of the workshop could do miraculous things. Wow. So that's how you were able to turn it back on then. Yeah. And then I took healing courses. I took a number of things. But I mean, our, our final sort of test was somebody wrote down a question, a piece of paper, folded it up, put it in your hand. You had to keep your hand closed and you had to answer the question. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I have no idea how to do this. I tell the guy what came to my mind. And he goes, well, actually, I wrote down two questions. You answered them in order. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, okay, this is real. <laughs> wow. So how can other people turn these gifts on? Because you said that you believe, and I believe this too, that we all have this, but of course we're programmed to shut it down because unless you're ready for it, it's probably pretty distracting like you were describing in that college library. So how can people turn these gifts on, especially if they never had those experiences like you did? You know, like if you're teaching a teenager to drive, you need to put a little bit of fear into them. <laughs> so let me put a little bit of fear into people. Lynn did an amazing job, I'll always be grateful, of opening me up. He didn't teach me how to do it safely. And there's a lot of teachers out there, they're not teaching people how to do it safely. A lot of people can open you up. So I just want people to make sure, you know, whether they would stay with me or anybody else, that they're taught how to do it safely. By the way, I put up a web page for people that are listening that gives three easy essential energy techniques that I think everybody needs to know. And if it's okay, I'll, I'll give the web page. It's a free download. Sure. It's energeticnlp.com forward slash teaspoon of healing. <laughs> so energeticnlp.com forward slash teaspoon of healing. Oh, okay. And if people find that difficult, they can just go enlp, the number seven.com slash teaspoon of healing. There'll be several things on there, but one's called three energy processes you absolutely need to know. So what I want people to realize is once you know those processes and a couple of other things, then you can play with this very safely because the danger in this is as you open up energetically, if you don't know what to do with that, a lot of us, and this is what I did, take on other people's energy even more than we already did. Oh, that sounds very familiar to me. That's kind of what's been happening. And I've been trying to turn that off. So it's like this empathetic ability that we all have, right? So how do you close that off? Well, the bigger picture is you don't necessarily need to close it off because it can be very useful. Right. What you need to know is how to clear it. Right. And then... One of the basic concepts that I was taught and that I believe is that everybody's the sovereign of their energy field. So you're the queen of your energy field. And you hear people talking about energy vampires and people sucking my energy. And mm -hmm. nobody can do that unless something in your energy field is giving them permission. Right. And often it's not conscious. So what I teach people to do is how to use the fact that somebody else's energy in your field. Is it karmic? Is it a spiritual contract? Is it energetic programming? Is it unconscious programming? Is it a conscious belief? So I worked with somebody 
just the other day, a woman. She's a powerful woman, but she's trying to break up with this guy. And she was operating out of an unconscious belief that he has to agree to it for them to break up. And he keeps not agreeing to it. Right. And of course, when I pointed that out to her, I mean, she's a smart woman. It was like, oh. Yeah. But, but you know what's really programmed in when she kind of looked at me like, I know what you're saying is true, but somehow I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming from the unconscious. So, you know, we had to really work on changing that belief. But what I can do, rather than trying to open people up, I can teach people a really simple way to clear their energy that they can do. takes five minutes at most. That would be great. Yes, I'd like to know too. And just so people know, you don't have to take notes or anything. I go through it in detail. You know, if they go to the webpage, it's three energy techniques you absolutely need to know. It's explained in detail there. Okay. And people make all this stuff too hard. When people in my training programs, the biggest thing I have to get across to them is it's actually easy, but we're so convinced it's hard that we make it hard. So if I was working with a group of five-year-olds and I taught them this technique, they do it amazingly. And the other thing is when people practice it, we'll get better. The third thing is if anybody's driving, when they do this, I'm going to start running energy too. I, one of the things I teach and do is remote energy work. So if anybody's driving, they should turn this off, either pull over or turn it off because it will make them go inward. You don't want to be <laughs> inward when you're driving. No, no. So please do that, everybody. Anyone who's driving, turn it off or pull over. And I've had people go, like a guy one time goes, yeah, I didn't really believe all that. He had his phone on his desk and he was doing some other work and we were doing a, a more involved technique. But he said, all of a sudden I'm shaking, I'm crying and all this. And he's going like, oh, it's real. Um, you know. <laughs> A lot of what we do in NLP and energetic NLP works on the fact the unconscious mind and your spirit love symbols and metaphors. If you have a symbol or metaphor for something, you access abilities that you didn't know you had. You don't have to know the logical connection. It's just telling your unconscious mind what you want to do metaphorically. And then it goes, oh, I know how to do that. And it does it. So pretty much anybody's going to be listening to this broadcast. When they were a child, they played with a magnet. I love when people go out, they don't believe in invisible energy, like uh, gravity, magnetism. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. they're real. So everybody, your unconscious mind knows a magnet has this powerful energy energy and it can pull things to it. So if you hold a pin and you let go of it, it goes to the magnet. And the only thing you're doing is giving permission and letting go of the pin. The magnet does all the work and it just sort of magically does it. So I'm going to describe this as a visualization. It works totally for people who don't visualize too. So for people who haven't learned how to visualize, because it's another learned thing, if they pretend that they're visualizing it, it works every bit as well. So if they can't see a magnet, they can pretend they're seeing a magnet. Okay. So we're going to use four magnets. And the important things are set intention, give permission, and no effort. The more effort people put into it, the less it will work. And the other thing is if they feel any tug of wars with the energy, to leave that alone for now. The recorded webinar explained what to do, but for right now, just leave it alone. So if everybody relax, in an energetic NLP, you always put your inner wisdom and your spirit in charge, not your conscious mind, not me. And when your inner wisdom and spirit are working together, it forms something that we've named your miraculous self. So your miraculous self is a collaboration between your spirit with its vast cosmic view of things and your inner wisdom that's human. So set your intention and give permission for your miraculous self, your inner wisdom and spirit to be in charge. And I'm going to ask your miraculous self to identify any energy in your body, in your energy field that it wants to release right now. So identify any energy in your body, your energy field that it wants to release. 
And don't try to consciously figure this out. Just let your inner wisdom and spirit do it. And this can include old emotional energy of your own. It can include past life energies, other people's energies, group energies. And then imagine out in front of you, maybe 20 feet, 6 meters, is this refrigerator-sized magnet. And just imagine now that your inner wisdom and spirit, your miraculous self, is releasing to that magnet energies from the front of your energy field and the like the middle of your body going out in front of you because your energy field's all around you and in you. So just whatever easily goes off to that magnet. And then that magnet drops into the earth and the earth recycles the energy. Imagine a second magnet high above your head and it's going to clear the whole energy field around you and in you from your shoulders, through your neck, your head, in and around your head, the inside of your head, the back of your skull, your forehead, the top of your head. A lot of programming gets stuck right on the top of your scalp. And then the various chakras or energy centers above your head because there's a number of them that go up above you. Just imagine energy is being released from them up into that magnet high above you. Drop that into the center of the earth. Put a magnet way behind you. A lot of energy literally hides behind our back. And give that magnet permission to work with your miraculous self and pull energies out of the back of your body and the back of your energy field, behind your head and neck and shoulder blades and your heart and your solar plexus, your guts, your sexual organs, the back of your legs and knees and feet, your arms. Let that drop into the center of the earth and be released and recycled. And then the last magnet, the fourth one, goes in the earth below you. And it's clearing in and around your body from the base of your spine, through your legs, your knees, your calves, your ankles, your feet, the soles of your feet. And going down at least a meter, three feet below your feet, clearing that whole energy space. Again, no effort. Now, there's a second part to this process. I'm going to review it all when we're done. That's real fast. Okay. Imagine above your head is a golden ball of energy. And we are also leaving our energy all over the place. We leave it in the past. We stick it out in the future. We leave it in other people's energy field, either to help them or because we're upset with them. We leave it at work. We leave it in our cars and buses and trains and planes. Let that gold ball retrieve your energy from wherever you've scattered it. And again, your miraculous self is in charge. So if anybody has really young children, I mean really young, it's appropriate to have a lot of your energy in their space. Not if they're 16, but you know, if they're really young you know, <laughs> or 50. You know, uh, and if your energy is in somebody else's energy field trying to help them, ask that your miraculous self bring in earth and universal energies that will be better for them than your energy and retrieve your energy back to that gold ball. Again, past, present, future, people, pets, plants, where you work, where you live, on the highways. We leave our energies all over the place in clients. And then your miraculous self cleans up the energy. And if any of that energy isn't absolutely authentically yours, so it might have come from your energy field, but it's not really you, your miraculous self will send that into the earth to be recycled. The energy that is truly yours is sent down into your body and energy field, filling you up with it. And I only know a couple of quotes from Aristotle, but one is, nature abhors a vacuum. Right. So the idea that if you leave space, something will fill it. 
So we don't want to have something fill it. And gold energy is a neutral spiritual energy. There's a reason they used to wear gold crowns. It's a powerful energy. Let gold energy come down from that gold ball and go through your entire body and energy field in front of you, behind you, above you, left, right, below you. And if there's any space in your body or around your body that was left empty, it's filled up with this gold energy, which is kind of like food. And then let's add one more piece. A lot of the people listening probably have ways that they ground. I'd like them to try a different way of grounding. Usually people ground themselves into the earth, but the earth is stronger than we are. So let the earth do the work. Give the earth 100% permission to send a grounding column of energy up near the base of your spine. So just let the earth do all the work. And then give the earth permission to ground only your authentic energy into your body. Ground only your authentic energy into your body. And a wonderful way to visualize that is you can imagine there's a point of light in your energy field for every cell in your body. And when you're grounded, those points of light pop right back in the cell they're supposed to be in. And to make it even better, imagine nurturing, loving, healing, acknowledging energies, energies of manifestation are coming up from the earth and filling you. And the earth is gently pulling out of you any additional energies you're ready to let go of. So like the root of a plant, things are coming up, things are going down at the same time. And then it's good to stomp your feet, pat your body, notice how it feels against the chair or couch or bed or wherever somebody is and kind of come back into your body. So how was that done? Wow. Well, that was amazing. Oh, thank you. It actually feels great. Yeah, I haven't started crying yet. <laughs> maybe after the... Maybe after Crying's the good. Crying's good. Yeah, it feels good. Well, that's amazing. So you teach more in-depth versions of this. You have it on your website and you actually do this in your training. Yeah, and training we go way, way beyond all of this. But if they go to my page, energeticnlp.com forward slash teaspoon of healing, there's a webinar there. And again, it's called Three Energy Processes You Absolutely Need to Know. And it will add on a couple of other things that will really turbocharge what we just did. But even if people don't listen to that, if they just did this magnet process in the morning when you get up, so I'm one of those people who, you know, I wake up like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm in other dimensions. <laughs> it's like, what? Where am I? <laughs> I'm seriously, if people thought that sound like a brag, it's not. It's not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just traveling. Mm-hmm. If I lie there in the bed or sit up and take two minutes and do the magnets, I feel like, hello, world. <laughs> and, you know, and It's like I had a cup of coffee. Nice. If you do it before you go to sleep, you sleep better, more deeply. If you're having a big meeting at work, do this first. If you see clients, do this afterwards to clear their energy out of your space. Okay. Anytime people feel like they need a refresh is a great time to do it. If you only have 30 seconds, go boom, 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 do it, you know. <laughs> All those magnets, that's amazing. It really feels good. Oh, great. I feel energized. Yeah, it really changed my life when I started doing these processes. And, you know, I've been teaching now over 33 years and, you know, people just are constantly telling me what a difference it's made in their lives. And this is truly just scratching the surface, but in and of itself, even if people listening, if, if this is the only energy technique you ever learn, your life will be better. And there's so much more. <laughs> I bet. Now, you were mentioning the chakras. How can people set their chakras to manifest something in their life? Like maybe they're launching something. Can you do that yourself? Or is that something that you need to see someone to do? Well, you definitely can do it yourself. I mean, it's good to do both. One of the things I'm very proud of in energetic NLP is I beat into my students. They love it. Is that Whenever we work with somebody, their inner wisdom and their spirit are in charge. There's a lot of very talented healers out there who do amazing work, but they try to mold you into their model of how your energy field is supposed to work. It's wonderfully and innocently done, but I think it's harmful. 
So if you can go to somebody and go, I want you to make sure you're doing what my spirit and my inner wisdom want, you know, if they'll agree to that, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people, if they won't agree to that, I won't work with them because they'll mean well, but they'll fix you in their limited viewpoint of the world. And I guarantee everybody listening is a million times more complex than all the simple little models we learn of chakras. They're useful, they're wonderful, but they're incomplete and inaccurate. And if you have somebody who knows that working with you, then you can really rock and roll. But the other thing is everybody can learn to do it from themselves. And I really encourage that. The webinar I talked about on the webpage will definitely help with that. And, you know, if I had a two minute way to tell people how to do it, I would. But it's one of those things we, have, we all have to decide what we're worth. It's worth learning how to do it well, which is a little more complicated. But just as a simple thing everybody can do, if you do the magnets, and then just ask your inner wisdom and spirit to reset your chakras for manifestation. If you do that, my old teacher, John Norman, taught us something I've never forgotten. He goes, always add or better. So you can go ahead and put out what your goal is, but add or better. Because we've all had the experience of getting what we wanted and realizing it wasn't what we wanted or failing at what we want. I mean, a lot of the most successful people in the world got where they are because they failed at what they thought they wanted to do. Right, right. So when you go, or better, you're giving your spirit permission to present you with what you, you don't even know to want or you don't think is possible. So again, a, a simple thing, do the magnets, then just go, I'm giving 100% permission for my inner wisdom and spirit to reset my chakras for manifestation. So I want to be clear, that is totally not the whole story, and it will help. And some of the people listening will help a lot. But, you know, uh, things like karma, spiritual contracts, other existences, parallel and probable realities, and these are all things that in my training programs we get into in depth. They're all factors. So I guess I'm trying to give a dual message. I want to encourage people to play with what we've just talked about because it will help them. But what I used to do is do people the disservice of thinking that was enough. So I'm trying to give both messages like right, right. do it. It will improve your life. And if this kind of work resonates with you, then find a way to really get into it. And I have in person, I do a lot of online training and, and there's other people too. So if it resonates with people, I, I really encourage them to do it, but to really learn about it because it's so much fun and it's so much easier than you think it's going to be. Seems like it. I'm intrigued. Maybe I'm going to look into this. Seriously. Can I just say, when I teach people to do readings, I put up signs going, this is a no truth zone. You can't really read people. You have to make things up and pretend. And then they relax <laughs> and they give these amazing readings. Interesting. <laughs> oh my God. So how can we learn to rely on our own wisdom and spirit, our own inner wisdom? How can we trust that? What we do with the magnets is a big part of it because we're so clogged. Like when you have somebody else's energy in your space, it isn't whether it's positive or negative energy, but it contains emotions and it contains thoughts and programming. And what happens is people are making decisions that are based, sometimes they think it's their intuition, but they're really tapping into somebody else's energy and programming in their space. Yeah, so when you start tapping in, it's easy to tap into energies, but they're not yours. So when you do the magnets, the more you do that every day, the more you're tapping into your genuine energy and your genuine intuition. So that's one thing. Having an affirmation that you're giving your what we call your miraculous self, your inner wisdom and spirit working in tandem, giving your miraculous self permission to guide and support you, setting your intention to have wonderful synchronicities. And 
Occasionally, I like to channel surf. I taught a three-hour workshop as part of my whole training program because I do a mixture of in-person and online stuff. And this was online. And we did three hours on self-concept, self-esteem, identity. And then I wanted to turn on the news. This is like 10 minutes later. I turned on the the news, but it was on a, a different channel, a movie channel. And this woman all of a sudden goes, she starts talking about identity and how do we know who we really are? <laughs> and And then... Two or three other things. I'd even mentioned a comedian in the call. Mm -hmm. I, I look in the newspaper. He's playing in town. Wow. And it was, it was like two or three things immediately that, you know, not just sort of fit what I was talking about. So in our programs, we really encourage people, if you ask for guidance and synchronicities, they're everywhere. In fact, I was listening to one of the podcasts you did with, I think, a Reiki master. And he was talking about he was at work and he was, he'd heard about healing energy in the hands and he's looking it up online and he sees the word Reiki and he hears somebody else in the office go, Reiki. <laughs> yes, Reiki Joe. Yeah, he's on my show a few times, occasional co-host. But yes, and his story is pretty amazing. And that's how it kind of turned on for him. But that happens to everybody. I discovered NLP. I saw a flyer on a wall, you know, on a bulletin board. And it said neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. And it literally felt like a bolt of lightning went down through my head all the way down my spine through my body. And this is when I was a medical researcher. And the scientist in me went, what was that? And the mystic in me went, well, it was a sign. You know, I'm having this argument <laughs> inside myself. But if you open up to it, because it's not a random universe, we're all energetically interconnected. Right. And people will just say things all of a sudden that you will accidentally turn on the TV or you'll see a billboard or something. It's not just, uh, there's a word for it in psychology, just, you know, you're looking for a red Volkswagen, so you see them all over. I'm not talking about that phenomenon. They're, you know, they're much more targeted. So if people do the magnets, give permission and set the intention that their miraculous self is guiding and supporting them and set the intention they're going to get messages and synchronicities, it's going to blow their minds. <laughs> it's just going to, it's just, it's so funny. They happen so often to me now that it's sort of like when they don't happen, it's like, what's going on? In here? a good way. <laughs> <laughs> and so speaking of inner wisdom and spirit, authenticity and your authentic self, how can we learn to trust that authentic self within you instead of maybe other people's beliefs that what beliefs they've put on you? Are you able to do this more from like clearing the old beliefs? So definitely they can use the magnets. They can use putting their miraculous self in charge. Because again, part of what keeps us from authenticity is we've got all this energy and programming. And this is a case though where it's really good to work with somebody who could be trained in NLP or other modalities where they can start picking up on your beliefs. So like I mentioned the woman the other day, she wasn't aware that she was operating out of a belief that she couldn't end the relationship till he agreed. And she's a smart, powerful entrepreneur woman. Yeah, It was just when they're that wired in, you don't even think to question them. So it's really good to, to do this with somebody or even a friend. And what people can even do is pick some area of their life where they want to improve right. and just start writing every belief that comes up, even the stupid ones, if they pop in your head. In fact, the ones that seem stupid or wrong are probably the most important. But you write down, so like if somebody wants relationships and doesn't have them, or let's say take health, like how come my cancer is not getting better? You know, and just start writing down every belief you have about cancer and put it away and then do it again and do it again. And the more you relax, the more likely you to find things like, you know, I'm not worthy, I should be punished, or I need to suffer. Uh, I worked with a woman once, 
She was a young woman who gotten breast cancer. And when she really started going into her beliefs, she remembered when she first began to get breasts as a teenager, she hated it. And she remembered, I kept thinking, I want these gone. I want these gone. I want these gone. And all of a sudden she realized, oh my God, that was programmed into her body, you know? So again, great to work with somebody who's really trained in it. But even if you just start writing things down or do it with a friend and just start looking at these things, a lot of people have heard of Byron Katie and you know, she has these four questions like, is this true? How do I know it's true? But another thing that can be interesting, you write down your beliefs, identify the ones that are limiting, and then write down the complete opposite. Like cancer is easy to cure, you know, whatever the opposite is. And then examine both sets of beliefs. And then you, you go into the opposite, if they're positive ones, and just go, well, how would I act if this were true? What would I do? Da, 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 da. And then go, okay, having examined the limiting beliefs and the empowering beliefs, where am I now? It will at least shift people's beliefs. It may not completely change them, but it will make them better. A funny example, a cousin of mine who heard about NLP, it turned out before I did, though we hadn't discussed it. He thought, well, what happens if I just adopt certain beliefs? And he's not a bad looking guy, but you know, you wouldn't pick him out on a crowd physically. And my mom used to go, how does he always have such great girlfriends? I mean, they're, they're smart and they're pretty and they, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. He told me, he goes, well, I was thinking about beliefs. So I just said, what if I believed I have animal magnetism? <laughs> and he just kept telling him, I have animal magnetism. Women are attracted to me. And they were. <laughs> Because you know, he was acting differently, you know. Awesome. <laughs> and again, if you saw him, you know, he's a pleasant looking guy, but you wouldn't go Brad Pitt or, you know, or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And these tips also can be used if you're launching a business or energizing your business. Do you do some of this with your executive coaching? Some people try to replace actually doing the work, but the positive beliefs are important. And my friend Ed, who's successful at everything he does, he puts it this way. He goes, I have a deal with the universe. When it shows me what I'm supposed to do, I do it. Right. <laughs> so having empowering beliefs about your business is really, really, really important. Like a lot of people, he says modestly, I did fantastic work, but I was a terrible businessman and I wasn't getting my work out well. I wasn't marketing it well, which means, you know, people have to work really hard to hear about me and stuff. And about the last year and a half, I finally went, oh, you know, I really should learn more about this. And not only is it fun and interesting, but I'm helping more people. It's one of the reasons I'm on this podcast. Right. Things are becoming easier, more fun, a lot more abundant. I mean, I can't complain about abundance, but they're becoming a lot more abundant and I'm helping a lot more people. But I needed to take programs and get coaching and have people challenge my beliefs. Some of my beliefs about business and work. Oh, well, I'll give one example. A couple of years ago, when you had asked me how people can do this for themselves, I would have just answered that and been thinking, well, but they really should work with other people too and not say it. And people got me to realize there's a term called false closure. And it's like when you give a great talk or podcast and people have gotten really wonderful benefit out of it, mm -hmm. but then they don't go any further because they think they got enough. You know, and, and I used to think, oh, I have to give them everything. What if they never, never hear me again? Oh my God. You know, and they never hear anybody else who can tell them this message because I don't think I'm the only one on the planet. Right. You know, but I think, what if this is the only help they get? And people kept telling me that was the wrong attitude. And it wasn't until somebody goes, aren't you give them false closure? And I realized my teachers never did that. They always taught me valuable things. And they always were clear, like, there's much more, you know, to get to where you want to go art, there's a lot more. And they were right. You know, So that's what I mean. It's so important to have somebody else who can challenge our beliefs and get us to connect more with our intuition, because the old beliefs get so wired in. Absolutely. Well, Thank you, Art, for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing. And before we sign off and give your contact information again, is there anything that you'd like to share 
with the listeners that you haven't already shared? A couple of quick things. One, I'm very honored to be on your show. I'm happy that you're doing this work. And, and I've only listened to a couple of your podcasts so far. I'll listen to more, but a lot of really great information material. And, and you're a lovely interviewer and, and create a great energy for it. So thank you for that. But I do want to urge people, at least do that magnet process that we went through. Do it twice a day. You you can take 10 minutes. You can take one minute. It it will change. It will improve your life. Go to energeticnlp.com forward slash teaspoon of healing. Or they can go to ENLP, energetic NLP, ENLP, the number seven.com forward slash teaspoon of healing. And listen to the webinar uh, on the three energy processes that everybody needs to know. There's also an opportunity that's limited on there. People can apply to have a discovery session, either with myself or my colleagues, Jeff or Pat, who are really, really wonderful. And in that, we look at where you are in your life, where you want to be. We'll do an energy reading of you and looking even like, are there karmic blocks, spiritual contracts? So we'll kind of look at where are you and what's it going to take for you to get to where you want to go. And some of the people who apply for this, they're doing really, really well. They want to do better. Others are having big problems in life. If people are interested, they click on the link and they do have to fill out an application. We'll read the application, but we'll also read the energy because there's only a limited number of these we have time to do. But everybody can sign up for the free webinar. These discovery sessions, they're not sales calls. Right. They are an opportunity to look at how does somebody really transform their life and take it to the next level. Great. Well, that sounds really interesting. So yeah, everybody go to energetic NLP forward slash teaspoon of healing. Dot com. <laughs> oh, sorry. Energetic NLP dot com forward slash teaspoon of healing to find the webinars and to apply for what Art was just talking about. And thank you so much for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing. I loved the magnet exercise. I'm going to do that a couple times a day and after I see a client as well. And thank you. And I think I'm going to watch your webinars myself. Oh, great. Well, let's stay in touch. If I can support what you're doing, let me know because I think it's really important. Thank you. And same here. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com, click on contact and fill out the form. I'll get back to you. While you're on my website, read my blog, and you can also read show notes, get transcripts, and listen to previous episodes. Also, you can get in touch with me via Instagram at teaspoonofhealing, Facebook at facebook.com slash teaspoonofhealing. And if you're not a current subscriber, you can find all the links to subscribe on my social sites. And you can just go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and search for A Teaspoon of Healing. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. 